What ho folks, I'm Lillian Crawford, a freelance film critic and historian focusing on women and post-war British cinema. Welcome to the third season of the Listen to Lillian podcast, part of my ongoing blog on Substack, through which I develop my research on my own terms. Simply go to listentolillian.substack.com to subscribe for a bumper crop of reviews, essays and feature articles. Each episode, I invite my guests to select a British film to discuss, from the silent era to recent releases. All I ask is they pick a film they think is particularly interesting in its representation of female characters or its approach to queer subject matter. For this episode, I've invited my friend Molly O'Gorman to join me to talk about a film of her choice. That film is the 2006 British psychological thriller drama Notes on a Scandal directed by Richard Eyre and based on the 2003 novel by Zoe Heller. Here's a trailer to give you an idea. Ah, has everyone met our new art teacher, Sheba Hart? The first day of a new term, and they flock to her. I can see why others are beguiled by her. Stop it! Enough! Thank you so much. Do you want to come to lunch on Sunday? I always knew we'd be friends. I'm Richard. Come in. Hi, Barbara. Hello. They do things differently in bourgeois Bohemia. Marriage and kids, I mean, it's wonderful. It doesn't give you meaning. Exactly what you mean. I've such a dread of ending my days alone. This is the distance between life as you dream it and life as it is. She's the one I've waited for. You're beautiful, Miss. You don't know how beautiful you are. We both get into terrible trouble. Hello? I need to speak to you about Stephen Connolly. Who? Let's not, shall we? Then I realized I could gain everything by doing nothing. You're not going to tell. I want to help you, but the affair must end. Yes. Promise. I promise. You are forever in my debt. Why is she always here? What kind of spell has she cast on you? I can explain perfectly. Would you like me to? You promised to end it. Why didn't you? I thought you understood what friendship means. Tell me about your friendship with Mrs. Hart. I've been hearing some rather alarming rumours. Her preference is for the younger man. Where is she? Surprisingly young. You've got me, my family. Don't play the good mother with me. Why? I don't know! I gave you exactly what you wanted. You think this is a love affair? Please don't diminish our... Uh, What? We are bound by the secrets we share. Hi, Molly. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. Excited to to talk about Notes on a Scandal, which is one of those films which I guess to sort of come out at some point and knew nothing about until you suggested it. So do you want to talk through what the film is and what why you've chosen it for us to discuss? Yeah, um, it's... From It's about 15 years old now, and the premise is um, Judy Dench plays a school teacher called Barbara, and there's a new teacher at the school, um, played by Kate Blanchett, whose name is um, Sheba, 
and she basically finds out that Sheba is sleeping with one of her younger pupils he's about 15 um and rather essentially than um yeah rather than report this um Barbara decides that she's going to essentially blackmail Sheba um and herself like develops this kind of stalkerous sexual interest in Sheba um and I mean there's all sorts of other stuff about Sheba's family and so on but the core dynamic is the relationship between these two and the really dysfunctional and awful nature of their kind of obsessions but yeah so that's that's the film yeah speaking so what what what, um drew you to it for us to discuss um i actually only watched this for the first time over christmas um every christmas i do what i call the christmas recording which is where i record absolutely any and every film that looks any good um likewise (laughs) funnily enough enough, this one was from my christmas recording two years ago so uh, you still have them (laughs) finally prompting me to actually get around to watch this one um and we watched it i think because like you know classically our whole family couldn't agree on anything but we all agreed that judy dench and kate blanchett are just very good so we put this on um, and the reason I was drawn to watching it was, um, sorry, drawn to talking about it, is much as I genuinely really enjoyed the film, the trope of the kind of older predatory lesbian. Um, we'd also watched over the break, we'd watched With Null and I, we'd watched It's a Sin, we'd watched, which like I loved It's a Sin, but like it's still, there is still a similar character. We watched I don't know if you ever saw Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Crashing. Also fantastic, but you get Again. the picture. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, it, yeah, and the, and it's um, those are all fairly recent examples, but you know it goes way back to um, Matching in Uniform, which is a German fi- a German film um, where it's set in a girls' school and um, a, t- a teacher sort of ha- develops a sexual interest in one of the pupils, one of the first. Um, lesbian romances and then Jacqueline Audouy does it in Olivia which is um 90, in uh, early 50s I think um and it's there in so, to some extent in Prime of Miss Jean Brodie and yeah. you know it has it has this yeah. there's this tradition of almost always female teachers it's almost always female teachers preying on um a female student or a male student to give an example of um, a teacher, which is a new a film and, and series recently mm-hmm. with Nick Robinson and Kate Mara. Um, and or it's the homosexual older male teacher. So something like History Boys. Um yeah. or um can't think of another example. <laughs> but <laughs> but it yeah, it's strange that it's it's weird that it's always seems to be like demonizing the female teacher who can't control her sexual urges um and absolutely must have sex with one of her pupils um or it's a gay man who's sort of preying on the students in a sort of 1950s lavender scare type way um completely so it's quite strange that this film sort of has both going on it's like there's the layer of the teacher preying on the pupil and then there's also this old, another teacher, an old woman preying on the teacher. Um, and there's a third one as well, um, because Bill Nye, who is married to Kate Blanchett, was originally her university lecturer, right? And he's right. What is he? 
what he must be 20 years older than her in a, right? in a, um, in a sort of um disgrace by curtsy yes, exactly. yeah and obviously she's not like she's an adult but they're still they're still very different and yes. so there's this one of the things that maybe the film arguably does better than something which is just a pure kind of lavender scare is that it's you're watching these relationships unfold kind of cyclically right Absolutely. and that's one of the things that's done with Judy Dench as well that you see her character enacting this on different women again and again just right. as you see Kate Blanchett enacting the violence that her yes. husband maybe did to her to the little boy yeah yes um it's interesting actually that sort of idea of it happening again and again because I think that was almost what I sort of took issue with with the ending of the film so it ends differently oh, yeah. to um it ends differently to the novel by Zoe Heller mm-hmm. um which the film was based on um and the the book sort of ends with Sheba giving in to Barbara and sort of accepting her dominance over her in the film we see Barbara on a bench with Anne-Marie Duff playing um, a woman called Annabelle and she invites her to the, the Albert Hall to hear Handel's water music and it sort of fades out in a sort of oh we're about the, you know the film's about Here to start again. again exactly um, but that sort of implies that she must be trying to engage in the same level of toxicity in a relationship as she did with the previous two female partners that she's revealed to have had. Mm. Um, which almost makes out the idea that elderly lesbians or elderly spinster lesbians are sort of just always going to take that approach in seeking yeah. romance, which I found quite uncomfortable because it almost, it almost felt like... Um, for example, the end of Silence of the Lambs, where Hannibal Lecter's like, I have an old friend coming to dinner. It's like the serial killer about to strike again, (laughs) 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 which didn't sit entirely comfortably with me. No, um, and I think, I I think what's really interesting is that you described Judy Dench, you were like elderly lesbian, and then you're like, oh no, well, elderly spinster lesbian. But I think the more important point almost in mainstream cinema is that's basically the only elderly lesbian that do you know like we get plenty of well not plenty but there are now young lesbians on screen um but there are no women that age so I think you're right in that it's even more damaging because it's the only story we're seeing and even then we're seeing it on repeat yeah because the yeah to give um, another recent example um Melissa McCarthy and Can You Ever Forgive Me plays pretty much exactly the same trope yeah. of the of the elderly um lesbian spinster as you say who own, who has a cat you know there's a, there's a line <laughs> there's a line in this film where Judy Dench is like oh yeah of course I have a cat it's standard spinster issue <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> oh okay they, they, they <laughs> she sort of knows that she's a trope in a way it's a very strange aspect of this that um she's sort of aware or aware of that um but I think it's there's the sadness to it is that she really desperately wants what she calls a companion and yet Julia McKenzie's character Marjorie comes Mm -hmm. in like to support to talk to her in her dressing gown or whatever and she just sort of rejects that friendship like when it's coming from someone of her own age group she just doesn't really engage so it's it's clear that she doesn't just want friendship she wants something a bit more 
yeah. specific. I mean, what makes the character, I think, so compelling is that loneliness. I mean, there's a wonderful um, voiceover bit where she's sort of describing the loneliness and how someone like Sheba thinks she knows loneliness, but this kind of day in, day out for decades loneliness. And that's what makes the character compelling. And I think that's one of the reasons you stick with the film, um, because without that, there's no, um, mm. yeah, there's no reason to. But um, it's, it's, yeah, when when you point out the idea that, um, w- like, we move straight into toxicity in a relationship from the get-go, then there's something odd about that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, um, definitely. It's interesting you mentioning the um, voiceover because it's it's pretty much constant. I mean, this is this is a mem- uh, um, a memoir, and it, and the great thing is is that we soon realise that the entire narration is completely unreliable. I mean, at, at the end in particular, when um, when Shiva says, we didn't even invite you to the Dordogne. Why, why have you written that we yeah. like, invited you on holiday with us? And she's like, but you did. You said pop in. She's like, we did, we did not mean that's that. Not what um, that means. But that's what we've seen in the film. And we, re- we, we start at that point, it's like, oh, how much of what's been shown isn't real? And it has this like, really compelling artifice throughout in particularly the narration but even more so Philip Glass's music which is omnipresent and driving and repetitive and it's just incredible I mean it just grips you at the start and then doesn't let go um and the tension becomes quite unbearable um which reminds me of pretty much any film that Glass has scored but in particular the hours um oh yeah and um it's it it, I don't know if it's because the score made me think of the hours because glasses music all sorts of (laughs) sounds quite similar um Mm -hmm. but also like when Shiva takes Barbara to her little um writing room and she she says like it's a your your room of one's own um and it it is very similar to to the writing room that um Virginia Woolf had at Monk House and it and it made me realize that there was this sort of um, maybe fetishization, or certainly it, it it seems to me odd that the only point of reference <laughs> that these films seem to have for like lesbian culture is Virginia Woolf. Virginia Woolf. Um, what mm. you, as as a literary expert, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'm not sure how much I have to say on that, although I do love the, I do love the sadness of that art room. Um, I think it's a wonderful, um, it's almost a room of one's own gone wrong, right? And that it's, it's everything, Virginia Woolf epitomizes everything she wants to be and cannot be. Um, so it's quite wonderful in that sense. Yeah, um, I was I actually thinking about, about the voiceover and how, because mm. normally I can't stand voiceover in films. Right, I, yeah. It's gimmick and all that. But what works here isn't just that it is kind of so well woven in, but also that it's not just a device. It's vital for that final. Yes. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure it can be called a twist. We'll call it a twist, but the final mm. kind of denouement. It's, relies... a, twist. it's a twist for Sheba. Even if it's not for us, us, because we thought, well, because we we've sort of been lulled by Barbara into a sense of dramatic irony, and we sort of we 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 know what Barbara's um, 
um, intentions with Shiva are. And yet we've, we, we then realise, as she realises, that even what we've been told isn't completely true. It's- yeah, and that everything's much more disturbing. And that's why the narration, in hindsight, is kind of such a clever device, because it forms yeah. parts. It's not just form, it's content, right, for want yeah. of a, a simplistic division. So it's quite wonderful. Um, yeah, and it's it's one of those unique... Because exa- if, the, if there's normally a twist, it's like, oh, we've been misled. It's normally a twist on the part of the person narrating, whereas yeah. here it's it's coming from elsewhere. Um, and builds to that <laughs> wonderful ending where Kate Blanchett just completely lets loose, and it's quite it's remarkable to, to watch. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it is fun. I mean, it, it's interesting because you you said you like um, Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett. I mean, I, I do like Kate Blanchett, but um, I have a troubled relationship with Judy Dench. I think it's mostly because. Um, she does she's done so many of those like really cozy Sunday tea time silver screen type films over the years. Um and she always plays the same sort of slightly ditzy character. Um I don't know, or 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 her portrayal of Queen Victoria, which I think is one of the most awful um I never saw that film. Well, because like, she she was she played she's played her in Mrs. Brown and um, Victoria oh, and Abdul. I was and thinking bo- Victoria and Abdul, yes. Yeah, and both both times I just, I just there's just something about the way that she plays Victoria that I really that really grates with me. Maybe that's just because as an historian, I <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I find I, I'm liable to find such things frustrating. Um, but but here she's amazing, and I think it's because she's not the sort of I want to be everyone's grandma type character. Mm. She's not lovely. She's a real villain. Um, in no, this it's, film, it's which, a much meatier role. It, which, yeah, and it it it. I don't know if it's like because I've always thought that Judy Dench has some sort of um, sinister intent behind the sort of cozy image that she's often given as the sort of national treasure that, that, that people claim her to be. Um, and here it's really menacing, um, which, as you say, is problematic to some extent, but also... But it's also a fantastic it's so wonderful the to watch, like, the little <laughs> cogs going when they're in the pub and she's like, oh, I see an opportunity here. And um, she's, like, racing through all of the events that have happened building up to that point and that's like within the first 20 minutes of the film yeah, half it's, an hour. Very early. it's very quick um because i kind of vaguely knew that there was the, the the scandal was to do with um a student mm. um but i didn't expect it all to come to a head like that so quickly um i didn't realize that it was that the next day the next layer of that bizarre relationship that um was sort of the driving force of the plot um yeah i mean it's sort of a now actually i was going to say that it's it's belied by its type i don't even think that's true i think it's just that Mm -hmm. like you and i both recorded it so kind of i don't know is is it a film for film with judy dench and we sort of both (laughs) had an idea of the sort of film that was going to be well i I, I knew i knew that it had done 
um, well in terms of its award nomination. And, and actually, actually, the main reason why I was compelled to watch it was because it's directed by Richard Eyre, who I absolutely adore as a theatre director um, mm. and 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 um, and of operas. And he did, did some of the play for today's um, in the seventies yeah. and that sort of thing. And um, in particular, I absolutely love his direction of. Um, uh, the hollow crown henry the fourth parts one and two um so it was it was something that i i didn't really know him as a film director i think he's also done iris and um the children act the ian McEwan adaptation oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um but he hasn't done that many films he's he's better known i think certainly in this country as a theater director work in theater. um so yeah i i was i was really intrigued to see what he'd do with um with that source material and it does play out i mean obviously it's it's very dynamic but it does feel like a sort of chamber play to some extent mm. um i can well imagine this being done on the stage as well on the stage absolutely without um, the music tragically <laughs> <laughs> and the part of that i think as well is how compact it is i mean you really are i know there are scenes in a school but you really are restricted to kind of four or five key actors um and the intense claustrophobia of the whole film just builds and i suppose that's how that's 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 exactly the right word i think i, I think how it kate blanchett i suppose really but also claustrophobic how everybody feels in the whole situation you know the mm-hmm. i'm thinking of her children of the little boy when he suddenly realizes he can't escape all of the ramifications of it yeah it's a film that and the locations you move from kind of the school and then into kind of like the flat and then finally you know that kind of tiny mm. enclosed room where they're sort of on top it, of the walls screen. are literally closing yeah. in on them yeah absolutely it's, um a very well spaced film in that yeah sense. and like the um the sort of bizarre place that Sheba and um uh Stephen go to have sex is like between two train carriages and then sort of in a train yard which is a really weird place and yet again it feels like it's the narrowest place they could possibly go um um we actually yeah I remember us thinking at the time in between classic pauses at the ad break for more tea and um (laughs) commenting that the location of the trains was really significant and us certain somebody was going to come to harm on on the train line um, and it felt like a bit of a Chekhov's gun that didn't, right, yeah. that didn't go off for us. Um, but you point out the other significance of it is actually um, possibly more important than the um, the foreshadowing we kind of missaw. Mm. Yeah, um, um, and also it's just the 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 sort of illicitness of it, which is ultimately what Sheba finds so sexually compelling. Um, mm. It's it's not so much you know that she's sort of preying on a child she feels like she's 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 clearly getting off from doing something totally forbidden um she's she says that she talks about how you know she's she's been the perfect mother and she's caring for this disabled son and so on and doesn't she deserve this kind of mm-hmm. thrill yeah which is interesting because i what i felt was really lovely um was in particular was bill nye's sort of Mm. father um parenting of of their son um ben who i mean in terms of of representation of down syndrome on 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 film um i can only really think in recent years that 
that's started to change. I think it's just a really lovely um, portrayal of, of, of it not really being that big an issue for parents to, you know, to, to um, support their child. And, yeah. and um, the fact that's what makes Barbara so evil in particular yeah. is this is the, the the most stressful scene in the film um after her cats died um and she oh and, 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 and she <laughs> she wants Kate uh, Shiva to come with her um to 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 pick up the the dead cat and her son's in a He's play in a play, in a play. his first yeah. his first play and she's like, no, you can't go. You have to come with me. Otherwise, I'm going to tell everyone that you're sleeping with me. <laughs> Which is just and the, the way, most impossible the situation. And the car doors yeah. and the car sort of moving back and forth. It's absolutely... And Bill Knight absolutely so loses it. Which I've never seen him do. Normally, he, <laughs> always, so. normally he plays <laughs> such restrained characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, he just... There are a few times where he just loses his temper. And it's really mm-hmm. quite... Um, striking yeah absolutely rightfully rightfully so um but yeah it's 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 what make you know the fact that she would deny the ben that especially when she spent so much time with this family because it's not just about her getting closer to shiva it's about her sort of adopting her entire life um within her own and um almost taking on a sort of grandmotherly role which is so completely rejected by Polly. Um, what must be one of Juno Temple's first films, um, and she's she's quite an interesting character because she's very much the product of a sort of bohemian intellectual parenting. You know, she swears without even blinking in front of her parents. <laughs> and I th- I'm pretty sure there's like the first when the first time when Barbara goes there, she's just like sat on the sofa smoking, and she's like, what. 15, 16 or something. Yeah, I was completely. just like, oh yeah, because you know, <laughs> all parents are totally <laughs> chill with their kids just doing that. Um, um, oh yeah, I'm and the, ha- the house sorry. in itself, sorry, just while no. I think of it, the, the, I was the first when when she arrived at that house, I was like, how the hell can a like comprehensive school teacher <laughs> afford this, this house? And then it was like dropped into the conversation. Oh, she inherited it. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Um, but I was thinking of, and again, I'm sure you'll know this, um, but the Truffaut quote where he talks about not falling in love with a woman, but falling in love with the whole family. Right. Yeah. Um, and the idea, I think when we see kind of Barbara's lonely life and then the big house and the happy children and like the child who is supported even in kind of his difficulties and so on there's a sense of the idolization of the whole thing not not just of Shiva and that sort of limpet like attachment to it um which I think again renders her loneliness much more powerful because if it's just Shiva it becomes sort of a question of you know why her and what are you you know what are you getting out of this but when you can latch on to kind of this perfect life or so it seems um yeah but the family really questioned that and like what her why is she here on a sunday when we're mm. having our, our roast dinner like i think they kind of got it the first time a bit and then like after that it's like why is she just always here <laughs> in a sort of all the time yeah um and the, but there's only really one sort of scene where it becomes very clear that Barbara has 
um, sexual intent with Shiva, mm. which is the stroking the scene. The stroking scene. Which is so well done. Yeah. Because um, I, 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 it's it's something that I've talked about this in a, in a few of the um, episodes, um, where there seems to be this thing where in order to communicate queerness, there's like an extreme close-up of hands on another person's body and it lingers slightly or, or something. And mm-hmm. that's like how um, homosexual attraction is, is signified. It doesn't seem to be the same for heterosexual attraction quite so much, but certainly because it, there's an almost knowing forbidden nature to that touch. Um, mm. And it creates this really tactile moment in the film um, where you're not actually sure which way she is going to go because she all, it looks like she was going to give in to it um, and, and play along. And then yeah. she doesn't. <laughs> and again, like talking about playing into kind of the, the history of queerness in film. Again, Barbara, who's already a teacher, talks about, well, this is what we did like in my school days when we were all girls together. Yeah. And it bring it conjures up the image of literally of those films right right um exactly. absolutely yeah um definitely um and and there are so many films that that do i mentioned a few earlier but there's also things like um tanner hall or cracks or you know that's just it's mm-hmm. just a re- yeah. it's really strange how it's almost like you can't make a film about a girl's boarding school or a girl's school where the girls aren't having some sort of sexual interaction with each other, which doesn't really happen with representations of boys' schools, I don't think. No. no I'm... But part of that as well is that there is this inherent sexualization of women on film yeah. and young and young. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm driving that's, at. Yeah, is, is that this, it's, and more than that, it's that men have sexual urges, but they're better at controlling them than women are shown to be um have you have you seen prime of miss jean brody i or haven't read the book I oh, yeah i know the book but yeah yeah um because that's one where it's like they're, they're sort of girls are sort of shown to be really curious about what they call sexual intercourse and then um sandy who's who's one of the the pupils in miss brody's class um starts um sleeping with um the guy who like is attracted to and has had a relationship mm-hmm. with Miss Brody. So it's this weird sort of yeah. um three-way relationship that's very indirect. Um yeah, and but it's never the fault of the man. It's always the fault in that situation, it's the fault of the, the young girl. And in this situation, it's the fault of the teacher. Um which, which it, it's always the fault of the older person because they're the person who that, should it stop works, it yeah. and, and not exactly. It's never the fault of the young person, but it's strange how films can push blame like that um, in the in the way that it chooses to mm. um, portray, you know, something which certainly in this case is supposedly based on real events. Did you did you read about this the 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 um... No, I didn't realize it was true. Well, um, yeah, because when I wa- when truth. I wa- when I watched it, I knew that it was based on a book, but I thought the book Yeah. 
in term in the fact that it was called Notes on a Scandal, I thought that it was like a sort of oh, you journalistic said it was like a history book. Yeah, or exactly. I didn't yeah. realize that it was fiction, which I should have yeah. done because I knew it was nominated for the Booker. So mm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, she's she. Um, Zoe Heller said that it was based on an American middle school teacher called Mary Kay Letourneau, um, which you know was was I think I think the 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 um, the boy that she slept with was twelve, and she got pregnant as a result of it. Um, so you know, oh at, at, I mean yeah. that that doesn't happen in this film. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if she was pregnant that might have been a step too far in terms of like the layers of of of, of dominoes falling down um but but in turning it down it does help to just focus on the relationships if that makes sense rather than get caught up in all of the extra yes. dramas it, yes. it 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 works paired back mm. i can't imagine that <laughs> I think but but, it, but you know this is a real situation yeah. i remember you know there's there's often in the news stories of sort of teachers who have inappropriate photographs or, or photographs at all that they've taken for their pupils and you know absolutely it's it's something that certainly has been portrayed in film for a very long time and yet it's still the, these very pointed demonizations in terms and- of of how they're representing those crimes that I find quite unsettling. Yeah, there's something uncomfortable in this film in how Sheba ends up kind of so um, victimized kind of within the narrative. Um, And like I, to be honest, like I thought they deliberately cast quite a young looking boy as well. I thought they did like, you get plenty of 15 year olds who just 15 year old boys who look a bit like adults and they didn't do that. But, I was I was scrolling through um, what people had said about the film on IMDb and things like that. So I was interested to know like what people took from it. Yeah. And a huge amount of people were saying things like, "Well, you know, if if the boy is going to seduce her and things like that." And I was like, "Whoa, hold on! No, 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 no! no. <laughs> that's Absolutely not, not what this film is about." And I want I don't think that's what necessarily what the film intended. Mm. Um, I think there comes a point where we have terrible, terrible things ingrained in us that don't... Mm. Is that because Stephen's shown to be quite manipulative of her? Because obviously he, just... he, he lies about the relationship that he has with his father and his mother and, you Completely. know, he's... And, and he and, kind and, of and, and, keeps and, and, on at her. Yeah, so he he manipulates her emotions, but... She, the but she's also... That, the fact that she allowed... The, yeah, exactly. The fact that she ever allowed him to get that close to her. I mean, the first time when he approaches her with those drawings, which clearly of her in sort of yeah. nude positions, um, you know, rather than sort of taking them to the headmaster and saying, look what a great artist the boy is, you know, she should be saying, <laughs> there's something very wrong going on here. Um, but yeah, so I find that baffling that anyone could actually watch this film and sort no. of... T- take away from it that um, that he was the one in the wrong. I mean, obviously he shouldn't have done it, but but that's, that's not the same that's, thing that's as him. Completely beside the point. I mean, he is he is he's according a... to law raped by her um, because it's not consensual at all, um, no. and that's why I think to sort of make the criminal the victim at the same time 
it puts the um, audience in quite a difficult position. But it's, I'm not mm. saying that that's an issue on the part of the film, um, because, you know, it, it, it's a good thing, but it's more complex than just being like, this is the victim and this is the, the, the criminal. You know, it's not a sort of like goody and baddie type situation. It's, it's one where actually pretty much everyone's pretty, um, except, except, <laughs> except, except for Bill and their children who are just delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's um it also really captures like that sort of um bizarre star from dynamic that I think students often imagine exists between teachers like <laughs> hating each other. Um like the way that sh- when Shiva sort of no, when Barbara comes in at the end after she's mm. been dismissed and there and and it's sort of a point of view shot and all of the other teachers are like sort of giving half glances um I quite I quite enjoyed that yeah I was reminded of I don't know if you read um Girl Woman Other when it came out about a year and a half ago or whatever but the teachers in that there's the Barbara says something very similar to one of them which is again every teacher joins trying to change like change the kids not change themselves right. trying to change the kids lives and then not only do they like grow world weary that's kind of like a time-honored trope but I like the idea that they just all grow to hate the new intake right <laughs> and they're all just like no we just despise them I mean because <laughs> obviously like <laughs> I suppose the 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 ultimate extreme example of that is Miss Jean Brody, who like mm. tries to train her pupils to be fascists <laughs> and like black shirt sort of marching in line yeah. um, with her as their duce. Whereas um, in in this case, it's like Barbara has completely just like resigned to the system. She doesn't even bother to fill in reports. She's like, she that's the, quite the, a wonderful scene at the start. Yeah, the start scene where she's like the bureaucracy what? of the school. Exactly. She's like, well, what's the point of improving? We're, we're at the level we need to be. Why why bother um, putting too much work in? That's such a that's such a classic sort of world weary teacher <laughs> sentimentality <laughs> that I am. Um, it was like, oh my god, she just reminds me of so many teachers that I hate. I say, it is, <laughs> just had absolutely no spirit to their teaching, which you know, it was the, it was the ones who sort of seemed to be really trying to sort of drive a passion for their subject that I, I um, I sort of connected to more at, at school. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's strange that. Um, the, the scene where Stephen fights the other boy. Oh yeah, I can't remember the other lad's name, but yeah. No, it's um, that's quite an interesting scene because obviously that's an example, one perhaps the clearest example of where we see something happen from Barbara's perspective, and then we revisit it later from a completely different perspective. Yeah. Um, what do you make of that? Um. It's quite, I, I completely, it almost foreshadows that kind of finish, right, to the film, which is quite wonderful. And again, when, yeah, when she says, oh, but, but essentially we've, to people who haven't seen the film, we find out that um, Kate Blanchett was already seeing Stephen at this point. And that I think even basically after the fight, they um, go and um, have sex, essentially. Yes, um, <laughs> In a sort of she's turned on by his chivalry <laughs> <laughs> kind of 
kind of horrifying. Um, one of the things I actually like about that scene and about the whole film, um, but in particular, I think that idea of two like awful 15 year old boys beating each other up is that there's no glamour to the film. Like the whole mm. film is yeah. grim. It just in the only the only spark of light is Bill Nye and his lovely house and his lovely kids. Um, the rest <laughs> of the rest of the film is mm. is grim, yeah. and I, I think in that as well. Going back to the question of like Kate Blanchett being victim or not, like the, there isn't really a way that we can buy into her being seduced by this. I don't if that makes sense, kind of unwillingly. Yeah. Which is again another another deliberate point, I think, there to mm. make these like very much too um too stupid kids, basically, like not to be right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um but they are. And that's not a that's not necessarily an insult. It's the it, it's the way they probably should be. Um but it's quite a horrifying scene when you when it replays and you discover yeah. that. It's quite yeah. awful. Yeah, absolutely. Um I mean, it's awful that he was the the boy was sort of making those comments about the teacher, but it's like realizing that there was a real sort of defensive urge behind Stephen, mm. sort of defending her honor almost. It's quite and there's a weird parallel, isn't there? That Barbara also seizes on that scene to tell us in her memory, yes. and that she and Stephen both defend the honor. Right? It, do you know what I mean? There's something yes. uncomfortable there that actually she would cast herself as the chivalrous schoolboy yeah yeah she no, it's, it, in that sense it's a very pivotal scene for the film um because it's also when Sheba and barbara meet for the first time and she yeah. sort of goes oh um i i i might um take a fancy to this one um, she, <laughs> said, she says like, i've been waiting for the right woman to come along because um, she's finally here <laughs> um yeah the other the another moment that i find um quite enigmatic is the um the, the towards the end of the film right before Shiva discovers the mm. note in the bin um after yeah. she's sort of picked a couple of the gold star stickers that uh, mm. um Barbara uses in a sort of very teacherly um rewarding and, and also, way of like a good on, day yeah sorry what's around that sorry the the connotation of the term gold star, I mean, in a lesbian context, is just like also very uncomfortable. I, as we watched it, we were kind of looking at each other being like, is this is this intentional? I don't know. Again, it spoke to this kind of weird, obsessive. What, 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 do, what do you mean by that? I'm not oh, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm familiar with that slide. Lucky um. you. Um, <laughs> no, um, gold star lesbian is a term for someone who's only ever slept with women. And the idea is like you're the best lesbian do you know right. what I mean yes and it's really uncomfortable <laughs> and it's obviously the as you can imagine it's the province of turfs and it's the whole thing right um, Christ yeah okay you can you can completely see oh god where that's yeah. it, it's it's the bad lesbians yeah um, no, no 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 these 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 women are definitely turfs I mean <laughs> there's this sense they of, are the worst <laughs> yeah completely and so but this kind of obsession with I don't know with correctness and this puritanical mm. like I don't know yeah this puritanical fixation on the woman if that makes sense could be bound up in um yeah because it's almost it's almost like 
it's almost like Barbara couldn't just be with another lesbian. She <laughs> she she has to be with she has to be sort of preying on someone who doesn't have an interest because she wants to almost bring out their sort of homosexual urges. Um, that's like part of her of the way that she sort of preys on people. Um, and I don't know if the gold star thing is intentional, but it does to me sort of transplant that kind of monomania, that kind right. of bigotry, that kind of focus on the one thing and just narrow mm. it basically to um, Sheba instead yes. of a whole like specific group of people who must remain, I don't know, untainted. That scene at the end um, where Barbara has gone out to the shop and mm. she gets like dulled up in a sort of um in a way that reminded me of like Joan Crawford in whatever happened to baby Jane or yeah. like that sort of high camp aesthetic or um Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond in yeah, um, Sunset in Boulevard that's sort of smearing the eyeliner under her eyes and like putting on lipstick that's completely off center and she's put on a dress and stuff it's like it's like she's sort of preparing for her close-up at the end of the <laughs> film. Um, I mean, just so that she could just sort of then come out and scream and is this grand, um, I mean, as I say, sort of Crawford-esque performance. Not me, Crawford, obviously. Joan Crawford. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although, you know, I have been known to, to be a little, <laughs> a little Joan, Joan Crawford-like in my in my behaviour. But no, um, it's, it's, it's really strange it's almost surreal that ending. It's like, well, what was she getting ready for? What was she? Pre- maybe she was doing what, preparing for what happens in the book to just sort of give in and be, be the sort of glamazon um, companion that Barbara <laughs> longs for her to be. Um, and then by the time she gets back, she's tied her hair back. She sort of removed some of the makeup and. Um, sort of gone and, back and to... tidied up a bit yeah it's mm. um it, it i don't i it was it was very much the scene where i really most wanted to know what on earth she was like <laughs> she was going panicked. through um was she trying to like maybe maybe she felt that she she'd aged and realized that you know because her husband had sort of told her you know you're not a young woman you're not young anymore and barbara had told her you're not young and she has this obsession with still being young in the sort of Norma Desmond-esque type way um and, and I'm then... afraid it's the it's the art school um vibe of however many years ago that she taps into again the kind right. of Susie look right that's yeah. the that, and I yes. think that's a deliberate yes. choice on that front yeah the um Susie and the Banshees because right? yeah although she's... I think you're right about Norma Desmond as well yeah. I mean she, she's shown outside. to be like a sort of you know, as I said before, their household's quite bohemian intellectual. And mm. she, like, she, the photos that we see of her when she's young, she's sort of, you know, punk and in a band. And she doesn't want to let go of that. Mm. And to some extent, her having a relationship with a younger boy is about clinging, clinging on to that and not re- accept, realising the fact that she's aged. Um, mm. Whereas being um whereas for an older woman like Barbara to feel attracted to her makes her feel old in a way it's like it's like she's sort of having a conflict of of age um 
And maybe that's what she's doing in that last scene when she's sort of trying to trying to look young and glamorous again. Um, yeah, and, and it, I think and it, it all doesn't falls help away. as well. Her, even her marriage is sort of built on the idea of her being the glamorous, attractive student originally, right? And then again, giving that up to, she's sort of segueing into a different era of her life, but kind of with no one to segue into it with her. Yes. You know, we never really see her with anybody her own mm. age. She's very much isolated. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. No, it's it's a good film. I'm really glad you 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 chose it because um, yeah, it's it's got so many different layers to it, and it and it's really short. I mean, not short, but it feels short. It feels like it just absolutely races long, and it's 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 what ninety two minutes or something, ninety one minutes. Um, oh, really? I yeah. I, I think that's you, probably why you we chose feel to like watch it. you feel like you've gone on such. A roller coaster journey with it, and it's like, oh, it's finished. That's mm. that's that's the end. Um, uh, yeah, just. But yeah. it's like the space, right? It's that compactness that helps you to feel the panic <laughs> that this film inspires yeah. in you. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, I just checked. It came out on Christmas Day, two thousand and six, and it's like, oh, what? That Christmas is, you there? you would not want to go and see that on <laughs> Christmas Day. It is not. Um, <laughs> It's not an easy watch. Um, it's a very oh, yeah. fun watch to some extent, in a yeah. sort of macabre way. Um, it is, you know, they call these things thrillers for a reason, I suppose. But um, yeah, it does get under your skin and nestles there. <laughs> and I haven't, I haven't stopped thinking about it <laughs> since since <laughs> I watched it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's really good. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, as as we've both said, we watched it because it was on the television it's it's a very accessible film it can't, it does the rounds i think um it'll probably be on iplayer at some point it's probably also oh, available definitely. on streaming um yeah i suppose that one of the other things that i've been asking people when we've talked about these films i mean it's it's difficult it's difficult as we sort of talk about films which um are closer to mm. the present day um but how how would this film look if it was being made now? Interesting. Um, I mean, one of the things you're saying is you'd, you'd like to think that the queer dynamic we talked about at the start would be interrogated more, but also given, given that we discussed all of the examples of ones that are being made like in the last couple of years, I, I'm not sure it would. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. I think certainly one of the, the the thing that in my most recent memory is um a teacher which is set in america um and unlike this tight 90 minute film that is a very long <laughs> slog through like 12 episodes yeah. or something um but but it's strange how it's still like the woman as villain idea i mean uh, Obviously, in these examples, that that is true. But I wonder why it is that it's not been done the other way around. When I'm sure yeah. it happened. I mean, it, I don't know the stati- the criminal statistics for um, this sort of breach of um, no. of, of power. But um, I, the, I, the... I, I, it seems disproportionate <laughs> in its representation. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to drive at. And the other thing you wonder, and I think we've maybe this is just me having grown up since 2006, um, but I think there's, would we place more of a focus on kind of 
institutional abuse and the problems in institutions that like, we're much more aware of that now I think than we were yes. 15 years ago Certainly, yeah like being Irish that's now suddenly such a huge yeah I would say point. so um I mean cer- certainly um sexual abuse and and sexual abuse of power I think is something that people are a lot, a lot more aware of now mm. um I think that there's been a real drive to you know educate teachers on mm. what 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 is appropriate and what isn't appropriate um that this film predates to some extent so maybe maybe it wouldn't be quite so clueless and i think barbara would have gotten an awful lot more trouble when it sort of discovered that she was complicit in this um i think she'd have actually been subject to Mm. a a much worse (laughs) punishment than the sort of take an early retirement um, even, the, even at the end of the film there is that kind of ambiguity of we know you know this but we can't prove you know this which is why we're asking right. you to take retire like even then they have to fudge it if you know what i yeah. mean they can't yeah. come in with proof without kind yeah. of ruining the, the other end. thing that really sort of dates it is like this weird like the amount of smoking in this film like indoors sort of pre-smoking ban I just find utterly baffling it's like oh yeah do people used to do that in pubs in like it's, I mean obviously it's terrible naughty's fashion but it's just like yeah I don't know just, no, it's true. It, we, it, I, it is quite strange watching films sort of 2003 to 2006 and just being like people did these things <laughs> and it's something we always comment on in our house when we watch yeah. movies there's always that kind of there's two or three things that you know we always that you always kind of call up and stop and that's one of them especially when it's a film in such a modern setting yeah <laughs> so so obviously not i mean, I, mean, I, I, I think, I think the thing that's that struggled the most was like the fact that judy dench is just like chain smoking in this film and and, <laughs> and, and, and like in their house and yet they don't seem to smoke it's yeah. like would people allow this? And it's like the doctors smoking, and I'm like, okay. wait, what? <laughs> it's just very strange. It's like yeah. maybe, maybe did, did something suddenly click into in the end of 2006? <laughs> I don't. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Funny. It is strange. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I, I definitely think that this is a film that is very poignant now. Um, yeah. And and if anything if there is anything different it sort of makes one more aware of what should be done or could be done if Mm. such a situation was to arise um because it's one that i suppose for for any parent watching this film it it, it makes them realize that this is something that when they send their child off to school that they have no idea what's going on it could well happen um and also the fact that so many children are, like we were saying, just like idiots who who encourage this and go for this, and that they truly like. Do, do, but do you know what I mean? That there is that. Well, I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about. I don't know because I. It is important to stress that they are always the victim. Oh so yes, sorry. I don't. I don't, I don't... By, by 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 that, do you mean? I mean that their children are incredibly easy to take advantage of. Is kind of what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In that, like. <laughs> You send your children, you put them in the care of adults, and you rely right. on those adults to yes. be good to them. Does to be, that make to, sense? To, to be to be the the mature ones who sort of, but yeah. Does yeah. that does that kind of make sense? That, yeah, I see. I see. I see what you're saying. I'm already um, not real afraid. No, it's, it's yeah, yeah. I suppose what you're getting at is that, like, particularly in this case, 
boyish banter will sort of, you know, lead to them sort of saying certain things about their teachers or... But, yeah, um, but yeah, just that if, if a teacher kind of pushes you in the direction and encourages you, that kind of, like Stephen is made out to right. be the most ordinary of boys, really. And right, yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't, you know, and children, like he's a child. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we, that's what these teachers... Please God, they don't. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. Yeah, because I, I think it. So I mean, like when I was at school, I think it was something that I was certainly aware of. Pupils sort of crashing on teachers and, mm. and flirting with teachers in particular. Certainly, you know, it is. It's something that exists, and you like to hope that those teachers were, you know, dismissing it or putting it down. Or, um... but actually, I think a lot of the time some of the teachers, particularly perhaps some of the, the more attractive teachers, mm. seem to sort of enjoy that to some extent. Which and I there's a sense of liking the attention, which is actually yes. uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, it, it, it is a bit... The, the extra layer of sort of Barbara's relationship to Sheba does almost... <laughs> adds a psychological... It, 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 it pushes at the boundaries of believability. Um, but without it, it wouldn't be nearly as complex no. and compelling as it is. Um, no. And, you know, we're able to, to talk about that and unpack it for, <laughs> um, for a while. And, and you know, as with films that... <sighs> Maybe, maybe perhaps more recent films, particularly British films. I mean, this is this isn't your typical sort of British drama. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's really been sort of critically appraised retrospectively um, no. in the way that we're doing now. Um, it's a it, it's one that's sort of brought up as being um, interesting for performance rather than rather than its narrative. I think. Mm. Um, Whereas I think I, w- I would very much say that it should be appraised for that. For its narrative, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm. Thank you so much, Molly. That was excellent. Thanks again for choosing such an interesting film. Well, thank you for having me. This has been fantastic. If you've got an idea for an article or a podcast, you can contact me via Twitter. My handle is at Lil Croft, with three L's in Lil, which is where I'll be posting about new writing and episodes. Do also get in touch if you fancy appearing as a guest and have a film you'd love to discuss with me. The Listen to Lillian podcast is available via the blog and all the usual channels, including Spotify and Apple, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All that remains for me to say is thank you for listening and toodle pip!